Welcome to another episode of Laugh and Be Blessed with your host, Jake Rubel. That's me. I'm Jake Rubel. I'm going to be flying solo tonight, so it might be a little weird, but that's completely okay. I mean, I started the show solo, and I can do this. Uh, as many of you know, Chia works a lot, so she's been working a lot. I didn't want to miss another week, so I just decided that I was going to jump on here tonight and do a quick episode for you guys uh, before I get into everything, I just wanted to uh, talk a little bit about the shows that I recently had and the shows that are coming up. Mark your calendars. Jake could be coming to a town near you. Now, let's start with uh, some shows that I just recently had. I realized that I actually didn't have an opportunity last time to talk about the shows I had at Gutty's Comedy Club with Andy Beningo, and that's because our last episode was kind of a special one. It's where I got to sit down with Steve Rivera and Dennis Regan, so if you've not listened to that episode after this episode, go back and listen to it, because it was really fun. Dennis kind of broke down comedy for us, and we had a really good conversation. But uh, on the 2nd and 3rd, it was the 4th of July weekend, I did a feature spot with Andy Beningo at Gutty's, and I just wanted to make sure that I had the opportunity to talk about how much I really like Andy Beningo. Number one, the dude's name is just fun. His name is Beningo. That's a good time to say. Like, just say it right now. Just say it, just Beningo. I'll wait. Yeah, wasn't that fun? It's just fun to say. And Andy's, like, A, a uh, hilarious comedian, and B, one of the nicest guys in the entire universe. So... I am lucky to call him a friend, and I always love working with him. So if you've never seen Andy live, go uh, like him on social media and try to find a show that's going to be close to you. Or he does have a dry bar comedy special, so if you like dry bar, go check him out on there. He's just such a fun guy. So I did those shows with Andy, and they were fantastic. They were uh, just you know, a ton of fun. And then I had a show this last weekend, uh, in Winnemac, Indiana, and it was kind of like a last minute situation. Not really a last minute, but it was, it, it kind of popped up pretty quick. It was for a friend of mine, Neil Snyder. He was, uh, out in another state, so he couldn't really run the show. So had me kind of fill in for him and go set up the sound equipment and then just host the show. So it was a little bit out of my comfort zone. Like I normally don't do that stuff. Typically I just show up, everything's ready to go. I just go up, do my time, and then uh, that's it. But it was kind of cool to, you know, go set up the sound and like make sure everything's good. And then after the show, check in with the owner of the uh the event center and just make sure that they were cool with everything and that they were happy. And everyone had a really good show. It was with Haas Ridgeway was co-headlining with, uh, Robert sweaty hands day. Um, and yeah, that's his name, Robert sweaty hands day. He chose it. So, um, you know, it's, and it, it's fitting. I shook his hand a couple of times. They're very sweaty. So it makes sense. You know, it's not like one of those weird names where his hands were like so dry. It's like, no, 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 I get this. And they were both hilarious. Haas is always fun to hang out with, and he's he's a very funny comedian. And then that was the first time I actually got to work with Robert Day. And he's a uh, Indianapolis comedian, and he's he's done stuff for, like, Def Jam Comedy, uh, HBO, stuff like that. And, man, he's so funny. Like, just constant laughter the whole time. So that was really fun. And, um, yeah, we we all had a really good time. 
And then, uh, so those are the shows that I've been doing. And then I'm actually, I'm going to leave this week. I'm heading out to Oklahoma to do some shows with my friend Donnie Baker. I'm going to be on July 22nd. I'll be in Lawton, Oklahoma. And then July 23rd, I'm going to be at Oklahoma, be in Oklahoma City. And then July 24th, I'm going to be in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And then I'll be back on the 25th and... Um, I'm hoping to get in town with enough time to run my show at Hoppy Wobbles, the Laugh and Be Blessed uh, comedy show. And uh, if I'm not going to be there, I kind of have a friend that's on uh, standby to host the show for me. But it's going to be Adam Couch is going to headline. Grant Volkmar is going to be featuring. Nick Cheney is going to be the special guest. And either me or James Tanford will host. So it kind of depends on when I get back in town since I'm going to be coming back from Oklahoma. Very good chance James is going to kind of handle that one for me. But James Tanford is a hilarious local comedian here in Bloomington. He's very funny. And uh, he's just an all-around good guy. So I'm glad that he's going to be able to step in and, and hopefully help me out with that. And then on uh, July 31st, I will be... In uh, Rockville, Indiana, with Rob Wilfong, and I believe Haas Ridgeway's on that show as well. So it's going to be me, Rob Wilfong, Haas uh, Ridgeway, who, again, I love working with Haas, so it's going to be super fun. It's going to be at the Elks Lodge, um, and again, that's Rockville, Indiana. And then um, starting off in August, on August 5th, I'm going to be in Nashville, Tennessee, with John Hickok at the Third Coast Comedy Club. And then on August 8th, I will be back at Hoppy Wobbles uh, with Dan Alton, Jennifer Cooper, and Will Con Cannon. Uh, and uh, then on the 14th, I will be in Nashville, Indiana, Little Nashville, they call it, in Brown County, at um, Mike's D Music and Dance Barn. And that one I'm really looking – I'm looking forward to all these shows, but that one's going to be, like, super special. I've talked about it on the show a lot, but it's it's for the Merry Pranksters family reunion. Merry Pranksters is something that I've, you know, watched documentaries on, read books on. So just the fact that I'm going to be able to perform there is really great. And there's going to be some really funny people on the show. I know on Friday night, uh, there, it's, it's like a two-night comedy thing, and they'll have music in between. But on Friday night, John Mulhill, uh, Blake Champlin, Ryan May are all going to be there. And then on Friday night, it's going to be um, – John Mohill again, Patrick Murray, Chris Wolf, and then I'll be uh, going up late that night. So that's like just some really great comedians. That's like it's just going to be super fun. I, I can't wait to work with all those guys. And then I actually had a show pop up today. It's going to be again at Happy Wobbles, but it is. Uh, this is going to be like a really fun show because uh, Charlie Walker, who's a comedian that lived in Kentucky, but now he lives out, uh, I believe, in L.A. And he's going to be in town for just like two weeks or something. And he reached out to me and said, hey, man, I'm not going to be in town very long, but I really want to do your room. Um, can you, you know, is there anything you have open? So we made some room for him. So on the 15th, Charlie Walker is going to be at Hoppy Wobbles Pub. I'm going to do a, a, a guest spot on that show. And then Grant Volkmar is going to host it. And uh, hopefully we have a surprise feature coming in. So um, I'm going to stop. There's more shows coming up, but we'll talk about those later. So I'm just a, uh, I'm just excited. You know, I, I there's some new things going on in my life that I want to talk to you guys about. And, um, you know, I think the, let's start, let's start with kind of like going over some, some mental health. I know we usually do that later in the show, but let's talk about a little bit of mental health right now. And now 
it's time for a mental health check-in. So I feel like being completely honest right now. Uh, this whole year is supposed to be our year of mind. It is supposed to be the year that we really kind of reach that next level of mental health in our lives and our family and, um, you know, personally and together and everything. I don't know what's going on, guys, but we are letting this whole year slip by so fast. Like there's, you know, there's little things that we've been doing here and there to kind of help out with it. But it's not like it typically is. Like usually whenever we have a theme, whenever we have an overall arc, you know, if you if, if you will for our year, we're usually really good about sticking to it. We're, we're, you know, we're completely focused on it. We set up goals. We meet those goals. I'm not going to lie to you. We are trash this year. Like we are just falling by the wayside over and over again. And it's for good reasons. It's not like we are, you know, just uh, bummed or like, you know, just not wanting to focus on it. It's all for good reasons. I'm out of town. She is working. Whenever we are together, we're trying to spend uh, the most quality time possible together. We're doing things with the kids. We're doing things with our family. We're trying to get things set up for, you know, upcoming trips that we're taking and everything. So I guess you could say, you know, we are to a certain extent focusing on our mental health because we're doing things that we really enjoy, but we're not setting goals. We're not reading books like we should. We're not doing the things that we feel like we were supposed to be doing this year. So, you know, what do I do? Do I let that kind of get me down and decide that I'm just going to scrap that idea and we'll just start over next year? Do I kind of go, you know, uh, full hog on it and say, okay, well, we're doing it all now. We're just going to cram, you know, like you cram before a test or something like that. No, I don't think I'm going to do either one of those. I think what I'm going to do is we're going to continue to do what we're doing. And if we can squeeze things in, in the meantime, if we maybe decide that we're going to take like a spa day and we're just going to go and, you know, um, do the float tanks or uh, get some massages or go back to the salt cave and things like that. Yeah, we'll just do that. Um, we're not, I'm not going to, uh, I'm just not going to stress myself out over it because I feel like that's so counterproductive to actually what we want to accomplish this year. If, our, if it's the year of mind, then if I'm stressed about making sure that I meet the goals that we have, isn't that, isn't that defeating the whole purpose? So we're not going to really worry about it. We're going to continue kind of on the track that we are. Hopefully we get a little bit more time to focus on these things that are important to us as far as, you know, reading different books. I have a, a few different books on my bedside table that are supposed to kind of help me, you know, just open up my mind, if you will, to, to different things and, and kind of grow mentally. But again, it's not something I'm going to stress about. I've not been reading like I should. Um, but you know, I'll talk about that here in a few minutes, but the, it's just, you know, I guess my whole point is that it's okay for us to set goals and for us to have these ideas of what's going to happen, of what's going to come. And then if we don't reach those goals or if we don't even live up to the certain standards that we have in a specific thing, I think it's okay. We're the ones that are setting the standard anyway, so if we need to adjust the standard, we're allowed to. I think that a lot of times in society we're supposed to 
do everything within a certain script. We're supposed to do everything exactly the way that other people lay things out. And then we end up getting into the habit of doing that ourselves. We end up getting into the habit of saying, okay, well, here's the goal. Here's what I'm, I have to accomplish. And by every means necessary, I'm going to accomplish that goal. And it's unrealistic sometimes. And not only is it unrealistic, it's also unfair to you, to us, to me, if we are doing that. I think it's okay for us to live within our own means. It's okay for us to move the line if we have to. If there's the line and there's the way, there's where we win, but it feels like it's so out of reach, move the line a little bit. Who cares? You're making the own. You're making your rules. You know what I mean? Like you're the one who's setting the goals. So adjust the goals a little bit. I think that's completely okay. And that's kind of something that we've been struggling with a lot. Um, you know, I think any, uh, any adult out there or any parent out there can agree with me on one thing. The biggest struggle I feel like in our house is laundry. Like without a doubt in our house, it's, it's laundry. Laundry is the biggest struggle. I'm constantly behind on laundry. I'm saying all the time, our living room may look nice. Our kitchen may look, uh, uh, amazing because we just remodeled it. You know, the house looks great, but if you came into my bedroom, oh my goodness, it is insane in here. There is laundry everywhere. I literally have my desk right now recording pushed up against the wall so that way I don't see the mayhem behind me because like things being cluttered like that makes me feel uneasy, which is weird because I live in a consistent state of cluttered lifestyle. But I've just been like, you know, I'll do a load and then I'll fold a, a little bit. It's just, I don't even know how I got on this laundry tangent, I guess, because it's been on my mind lately and I'm just learning to be okay with it because right now in our life, the way that things are going, that is just going to be there. It is not going to change. The time that it changes is whenever the kids are going to start doing their own laundry and they're just now starting to get to the point. I'm helping them figure it out. Jasmine's 12, and I know a lot of kids have been doing their laundry since before then, and some parents will be like, well, my kid is already, well, whatever, your kid is your kid, and my kid is my kid, so um, my kids are tiny. Like, Jasmine could fall in the washing machine, and we'd never see her again. Like, she could fall in the washing machine, and then she could find a tunnel, and then she could end up in a land that no one has ever heard of, no one has ever seen. It's full of socks, you know, mismatched socks, and, and uh, all kinds of clothes that you could never find and dust bunnies that uh, rule the kingdom. And then she's all of a sudden, one of these dust bunnies, they find a human and they hate humans because humans are always killing their kind. So Jasmine now is fighting for her life. This dust bunny king or queen or whatever is chasing her around. And that's terrifying. You know, maybe you think it's a fairy tale land. Guess what? Dust bunnies, not, not, not fun to see especially if they're giant ones and they're just chasing you around and you have to run for your life. Why would I want to do that to my daughter? So all I'm saying is, is that she's just now starting to learn to do laundry and that's okay. And I'm going to help her out and help her learn. And then all of a sudden, now that's one less person I have to do laundry for. And then Holden is next. And then Roman will probably never learn to do laundry, but that's okay. That's okay. I'll do my best with him. But you know, it's just being okay with the fact that that's just the way our life is right now. Why set up uh, expectations that I know that are, are, are going to be, it, it, are they, uh, attainable? Yeah, of course I could do laundry, but like literally my entire life, there's six people who live, live in this house and my kids change clothes like crazy. So if I focused on making sure that our clothes were constantly washed, dried and put away, 
I would just do laundry. That's all I'd do. I'm not doing that. So I'm just being okay with where things are right now in our life with laundry. So um, let's talk a little bit. I wanna, I'm going to tell you guys about some books that I plan on reading because I'm going to like have you guys uh, kind of hold me accountable. You know what I'm saying? I want to make sure that I read more. So maybe you could like jump on Facebook sometimes and just be like, how's that book coming along, Jake? And it's just like, you know, you're just, you're kind of side-eyeing me a little bit. And you're like, you know that I didn't read it. Like whenever the teacher's just like, all right, everybody turn in your homework. And then they would look at me because they knew I didn't do the homework. They knew. But at the same time, they knew that I was probably going to drop out uh, after taking one day of sophomore, as a sophomore in high school. I'm going to drop out of high school. And then I'm going to get my GD. And I'm going to hold down a bunch of jobs that don't really mean anything to me. And then eventually I'm going to live my dream and be a comedian. So how about books? So like I said, I've not been reading uh, per se. I've been writing a lot, which is good. I've been writing a lot of articles about movies and stuff like that, which we'll talk about that in a little bit. Don't worry about it. But um, here's the thing. Uh, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this out there. I have a few books. I'm going to talk about the books. And I leave on Wednesday. I have like a 10-hour drive ahead of me. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this out there that there's a couple of books that I am going to listen to. Uh, and a lot of people are like, oh, I thought you said you were going to read a book, but you're going to just listen to it on tape. First of all, why are you saying tape? You think I'm just carrying around cassette tapes with me? You think that's what's going on? You think I'm just going to pop in a cassette tape and listen to that book on tape? You think I have like one of those little like recording devices just sitting with me at all times and I'm going to put in an audiobook tape and I'm going to put push play on it and then I'm going to listen to that and then I'm going to have to pop it up and then I'm going to have to flip it around and then put it back in whenever the side A is finished and I can't wait to get a side B but then I get a side B and side B is a little bit messed up because it's been listened to so much and all of a sudden it sounds like Alvin and the Chipmunks reading to me. No, it's not a tape. I'm listening to audible. Okay, so here's a few of the books that I have in mind. Uh, I have Roomful of Mirrors by Charles R. Cross. This is a biography of Jimi Hendrix. Okay, uh, I say biography because I think if I'm not mis- if I'm if I'm correct, autobiography means that you wrote the book, which means that there's probably more lies in it. And then biography means someone else wrote it about you, right? Like, for instance, uh, another book is called Easy Street, The Hard Way by Ron Perlman. So that's going to be Ron Perlman's autobiography, which means that's probably going to have a lot more lies in it than the other book, you know? Because if I'm writing a book about myself, I'm probably going to lie. I'm not going to, like, be rude about it and, like, just blatantly make up stuff. But I'm going to put, I'm going to exaggerate. I'm going to make myself look better. Isn't that what you should do? I don't know. Another book that I'm looking at possibly is Blow, which uh, that's by uh, Bruce Porter. And if anyone has seen the movie about George Young starring Johnny Depp, this is the book. So I'm thinking about that one. The only thing with that one is that I've already seen the movie. So I know the story. But I know that a lot of times movies leave a lot of stuff out and they add stuff in like an autobiography. So maybe if I read the book, there's going to be other things I didn't know about. But that one's kind of like, you know, possibly. Now, here's another book that I'm interested in, and it's actually only two hours. So this was one that I could possibly listen to first and then listen to another one. It's called The Doors of Perception uh, by Aldous Huxley. This is a a book that is actually where, uh, if I'm not mistaken, this is where the doors got their name. 
is from this book. So I'm pretty interested in this one. Um, I think that might be the one that I read, but uh, I'm not 100%. And, and, you know, this could be a completely different book called The Doors of Perception. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there was a quote about the doors of perception that the doors used. And then this author was just like, I'm going to use that too. And then I'm going to trick some dude into reading this thinking it's that thing. Maybe he's got me. I don't know. Uh, I didn't do any research. I just downloaded it. And then the other one is Almost Interesting by David Spade. Now, Almost Interesting by David Spade, autobiography, probably going to be some lies in there. I'm okay with it, though. David Spade can lie to me. He's got a very interesting life. So that's that's that one's probably going to be the one I'm going to listen to. Probably The Doors of Perception and Almost Interesting. Uh, and the other one that I have is Can I Say by Travis Barker. So um, all those are pretty... I'm interested in all of them. Why wouldn't I download them? Why would I be bringing them up if they were not interesting to me? So... I think I'm probably, what I'll probably do is I'll probably listen to The Doors of Perception and I'll listen to Almost Interesting. So uh, keep on me throughout the week on Facebook and stuff and just be like, you reading that book? Or, you know, if you have my number, shoot me a text and be like, you reading those books? So, uh, yeah, yeah. But I've not been reading that much because I've been watching a lot of stuff. And if you know me, you know I love movies, you know I love TV, but more than anything, I love talking about it. What are we watching Okay, so there's um, a lot. Of, I've been watching a lot of stuff, and we've not really talked about a lot of the things that we're watching, but there's a few things that stick out to me that I really do want to discuss. Uh, some of them I'm going to hold off until Chi is here because we've been, one, we've been playing a game that we call Horror Movie Roulette, and um, what it is is that I will find an article that will say something like top 50 best horror movies on Netflix or like, you know, top 100 best horror movies on Amazon Prime. Like I'll look up an article like that and then I'll tell Chia, I'll be like, all right, give me a number between one and 100. And then she'll tell me and I'll say top or bottom and she'll say top or bottom, whichever. Uh, don't make it a sexual thing, guys. I'm talking about the list order. Calm down. Basically, what that is is saying that if she chooses 20 and she says top, then I start counting from 100 and count down to 20. If she says 20 and she says bottom, then I start from the bottom and work my way up. So um, we do that. We see what the name of the movie is. We do not look at any description of the movie whatsoever. Uh, we'll go to Netflix or Amazon or whatever streaming service we're watching it on. We will hit play, and we won't look at any description. So we've been walking into these movies completely blind, which is awesome because I feel like anymore there's we know so many things about movies before we watch them like back in the day if you got a VHS from the video rental place or a DVD you got it strictly based on the cover because half the time the description on the back had nothing to do with the movie or a lot of times there wasn't even really a description on the back so you would just grab a movie you would go home and you would just kind of watch it well I miss doing things like that so this is kind of my updated version of doing it try it at home. It's a good time. You're going to have fun. Sometimes they're really crappy movies. They're flops. Um, but typically they're pretty good because they're on a top 100 list or top 20 list and stuff. So they're usually at least pretty decent. But even the ones that are bad are still good. They're like good bad. Like Chia just had me watch a movie 
um, that she watched without me, and she's like, you got to watch this movie. It's called Cutting Class, and it came out, I, I want to say late 80s. It had a very young Brad Pitt in it. It was a very B-horror movie that it was so bad it was good. Uh, the story was actually really good. It was just the acting in it was so bad. Like, the writing and everything, it was rough. But the storyline was good. So I actually recommend that. If you like bad, good movies, check out the movie Cutting Class. It, it is actually pretty good. But what I've been watching personally, um, and again, I, I, the reason I watch a lot of stuff is because I work for a website that I write a lot of articles so I have to watch TV, I have to watch movies, and then write articles about them. And the one I want to talk, I want to talk about Fear Street, okay? I want to talk about Fear Street. Here's the thing. Whenever I first seen that there was going to be a Fear Street trilogy uh, event happen on Netflix, I was immediately excited, but like hesitant. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't like stoked about it, but I was excited about it. But at the same time, I was like, okay, they could really, really mess this up. Now, Fear Street, and I never read Fear Street. So like, let me just throw that right out there. Never read Fear Street. I was a Goosebumps kid. I read so many Goosebumps. I read most of the Goosebumps. As a matter of fact, I have almost all all the original Goosebumps right now on the shelf behind me. Still a big fan. Every now and then, I'll pick up a Goosebumps book and read some of it. I rarely finish it because, you know, it's, it is a kid's book, but a lot of times I'll pick them up and just read them. They're fun. They're fun little books. I like them. So R.L. Stein wrote Goosebumps, and then R.L. Stein wrote Fear Street. And what I always assumed Fear Street was, was Fear Street was like, R.L. Stein still trying to keep the kids that he got hooked on Goosebumps, and he was trying to, like, be a little bit more edgier and, like, have a little bit more serious storylines. Maybe not serious, per se, but scarier. Like, he would just kind of, like, bring it up a little bit. It was, like, where Goosebumps was, like, pre-teens, like, Fear Street was, like, teens. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's what R.L. Stein was going for. Unfortunately, I never got out of the Goosebumps face. I was just like, these are good enough for me. I like the talking dummy. I like the lawn gnomes. And I'm a big, big fan of shrunken heads. So I just stayed with Goosebumps. Never got into Fear Street. But R.L. Stein, come on. So I'm excited, right? I start watching the first one. The first one, I believe, takes place in 1994. I believe that's when it is. It takes place in 1994. Hey, guess what? I was born in 1987, 1994. I'm cool with that. I love the 90s. Let's go back and talk a little bit about the 90s on this TV show. I am okay with that. Uh, or movie. It's not a TV show. So the movie starts, and like right away, and I'm not going to give any spoilers uh, for if you haven't seen it, because I highly recommend this movie. But right away, I'm getting like major, major scream vibes. You know, like just big time, like the whole, the whole setup of that whole from beginning to end. And it's not like the story is the same by any means. It's not like the killer is the same by any means, sort of. But it's, it's more of like the way that they set things up in the movie. And again, I don't really want to give things away too much, but it is really, really cool. And I definitely got vibes from Scream throughout the whole thing and also like a little bit of stranger things like the the kind of like the music and the in the dark setting with like the neons and stuff which is like a really hip thing that's going on right now is that they're taking 
like these this kind of like 80s uh 90s style and putting it into like a new production and I'm okay with that because I think the people making these movies are probably close to my age or a little bit older than I am so they're throwing in like the things that they love that are nostalgic and I'm I'm cool with it like I'm totally okay with that so it's got like a little bit of a Stranger Things vibe to it as well. And also, like somebody had mentioned, they kind of get the feeling of American Horror Story with it, which I didn't really in the first movie, but the second movie, I definitely got a little bit of American Horror Story. But there's a reason for it. So the first one's really good. That one takes place in the 90s. The second one takes place in the 70s. And it is. it takes place at a camp. It's got camp counselors. It's got a, a killer wearing a mask. What's that sound like? It sounds like Friday the 13th, right? Yeah. So really big Friday the 13th vibes. And again, this is by design. Like the people who, it's not like I'm slamming them saying they ripped them off. No, they did this on purpose because it's a formula that was going to work. They knew that it was going to tap into our nostalgic uh, emotions and that it was going to pull us into the shows a little bit more. So like where the 90s kind of was like talking about or giving you those scream vibes, the 70s is more of like Jason Voorhees, okay? And the reason that I think somebody said it kind of reminded me of American Horror Stories because the last American Horror Story season uh, was set in the 80s, and it was at a camp. And there was a killer at the camp. So, like, that show was pulling a lot from, like, Friday the 13th and Sleepaway Camp and stuff like that. So it just made sense. So, of course, you're going to get a little bit of American Horror Story vibes because of that. But also there's like a witch thing going on. So then you got you know American horror story vibes from that as well. So that totally makes sense. But um it's hard to like be completely original honestly, but I do think that they like have a very original story. The acting is really good that's going on and then uh part 3, I'm going to be straight up with you on. I've not finished part 3 yet. It did not pull me in the way that the other two did. I think the other two pulled me in because it was something that I was already familiar with. I like the styles. Part 3 is like set in the 1600s. And it's, I think it's kind of like got a vibe from different movies that I've not really been into. So for some people, they could just be like, oh man, yeah, this totally reminds me of this movie. And then they're going to be sucked into it. But it just didn't do that for me. I will finish it because I'm going to write an article about it. So I have to finish it. I'll probably finish it tonight, actually. But it just, it's not like I wasn't stoked about it by any means. So that's kind of what I was getting at. So if you've not watched Fear Street at all, go check it out. It is good. The first two especially are like, I said especially. It's especially, right? I don't know. I'm a writer. Uh, but it's it's worth it. Go check them out. Big fan of them. I really, really like them. Now here's another movie that kind of fits into that same category that I just watched last night. And this movie was super fun. It is actually called Vicious Fun. And it is really, really fun. If you like slasher films, if you like the 80s, you're going to like this. Because it's like an it's set in the 80s. It is about serial killers. Um, but not like, like creepy. Which, oh, serial killers are creepy. But I'm not... It's like it doesn't give you like backstories and stuff like that. It's just like a group of serial killers um, trying to kill somebody. And it's... 
it's funny. It's really funny in some areas. It's got good acting. Um, the whole feel of the movie is really good. Like I really, really enjoyed the the soundtrack to it. I really liked um, the the neons. Like the lighting was really good. It's so it's called Vicious Fun. It's on Shutter. If you have Shutter, it's it, which if you don't have Shutter and you love horror movies, get Shutter. It's totally worth it. Shutter TV. So, Vicious Fun, uh, highly recommend that one. I'll probably write an article about that tonight, too, because that, that movie was surprisingly good. I did not think I was going to enjoy it as much as I did. But it was really, really fun. I really liked it. So, other than that, I mean, there's some other stuff that I've been watching, but I want to wait until Chi is on the show so that way we can kind of talk about it together because, you know, that's, that's like one of our favorite things to do is watch movies together. So I don't want to, I just wanted to talk about things I watched without her, which isn't a lot because I don't Netflix cheat, all right? But I have been playing a lot of games. What games are we playing? Okay, so I have been playing a ton of games. Uh, here's what happened uh, we have an arcade machine in the house. It uh, is great. It's fine. Completely fine. It had like Rampage on it, Gauntlet, had um, Joust and Defender on it. Totally fine. I just didn't play them that much. I played Rampage a little bit. I played Gauntlet probably more than anything. It was completely fine. However, there's this nice little thing called a Raspberry Pi that you can get, and it's got something called uh, Retrocade on it, Retro Pie, which has a lot of games on it, that are retro. I'm into retro gaming. I looked into it, ended up buying one, and I kind of modded my arcade cabinet. So now uh, it has a bigger screen on it, and it kind of has a computer hooked into it. And I've been playing a lot of arcade games, probably more than I should. But whenever you have, like our, our kitchen's almost completely remodeled now, so we have this bar in our living room where we're just like setting snacks out on it and everything. And then the arcade's right next to the bar. So, you know, you just walk in there and you grab you some snacks, maybe make you some pizza bagels or something. And then you just kick on this arcade. I'm kind of living my dream uh, from being a kid. It's it's amazing. And I'm not going to stop. It's so much fun. But uh, I did want to talk about a couple of games that I've been playing. I've been playing on a lot of games, but I'm just going to focus on these few that I um, that I beat because I feel really good about it. Um, which, say what you want. You know, say, you can make fun of it. I don't care. I don't care that I'm in my mid-30s and I'm, like, stoked that I'm beating these video games. That's something that I enjoy doing, and I'm going to do it. I don't make fun of somebody if they, like, have been really trying to learn how to, like, knit a sweater, and they make a sweater, and they're really excited about it, and they show me I'm happy they're happy. So, you know, I've had some people online kind of uh, be a little ridiculous about it, and I, I most of it's joking, but there's a couple of people who have said something to me about playing video games, but uh, I don't care. I don't care. Uh, and I'll get into the why here in a minute. But uh, the first game we beat, so I, I hooked it up the first night. My buddy Chris Lensford came over. We played Ninja Turtles, Turtles in Time, the arcade version. And now I've played this game with Chris, uh, I, I believe, on the Super Nintendo at least 100 times, I bet, in our friendship. We've never beat it. We've never even gotten close to beating this game. We always die. This night, first time playing through it, we beat the game. That was like pretty amazing. Uh, I mean, it was a very good feeling to be beating it with one of my best friends. 
So Turtles in Time, uh, so fun. And like the arcade version is a lot different than the Super Nintendo version. There's a lot of different things in there. So that was awesome. The second game that I beat was X-Men. X-Men is one of those games that if you uh, seen it in the arcade, it had like six different um, players that could play at once. So it had six different little stations set up. And I think that's why most people remember this game is because it was such like a big arcade and you could play with six players. But it's still an okay game. It's not like amazing by any means, but uh, it's still a fun game. Uh, I played through with Wolverine, beat it, boom. Very good feeling. Then I played the Simpsons arcade game. That's another game that um, a lot of it doesn't make sense. You know, like why is Marge... Uh, well, first of all, the whole storyline of this is that uh, Smither steals a diamond. Okay. You know, I mean, he... Uh, and it seems like he stole it for Mr. Burns, who's rich. But whatever, he, he likes more money, I guess. So he stole a diamond and then ran out and dropped the diamond. Maggie picks it up and then starts, like, sucking on it like a pacifier, so he just kidnaps Maggie. Like, instead of just taking it out of her mouth and then handing the baby back, he just steals a baby. He's just like, I'm taking this diamond with me and this baby now, I guess. So he just takes off, and then it's up to the Simpsons, and you can either play as one of the remaining Simpson characters uh, to go save Maggie, but, like... Everyone in town is trying to stop you. Uh, why all of a sudden is everybody in Springfield against babies being with their parents? Because everyone's trying to... Krusty tries to stop you. Everyone's trying to stop you. And it's just like, what? What happened here? Why are you guys, like, all friends with Smithers now? And, um, and then, like, uh, Marge is just carrying around a vacuum. She's going to hit people with a vacuum. It's like, your baby's missing, lady. Why are you trying to sweep stuff up? Just go save the baby. I, I, I don't know. And like, and they all have, um, they all have weapons except for Homer. He just punches people. But, uh, you know, what's he going to carry around? So I beat that game, and then I went on to play Cowboys of Moo Mesa. I'd never heard of this game, guys. Never heard of this game, but I did. I do remember the cartoon whenever I was younger, and I watched a little bit of it, but not a ton. But it was always, like, an okay cartoon. I think it was, like, basically space cows that are also cowboys, so they're kind of, like, enslaving their own people. I don't know. But uh, I guess if you get into the weeds a little bit, maybe a dark storyline. But I played this game. It's like a... It's a lot like Sunset Riders, which is an arcade game where you just kind of, like, go through each level and shoot your enemies. I was surprised, A, how fun this game was, and B, how pretty it was. Like, the graphics were really, really cool. So that one was, uh, like, very surprising. And then I played through Spider the Spider-Man game. Um, it is what it is. It, you know, it's just a game that I've always wanted to be, and then I did. And then I found a game called Cadillacs and Dinosaurs. <laughs> I'd never heard of this game before, but if you come across a game called Cadillacs and Dinosaurs and you don't play it, why are we friends? Like, that sounds so out of control. And the game, let me break down the game. The game actually has Cadillacs in it, and it has dinosaurs in it. There you go. That's the game. You There's like a, I guess there's a gang or like a corporation that uh, is uh, basically like enslaving dinosaurs. And it takes place in the future uh, where Cadillac is still thriving, obviously. 
But what happens is you're trying to like stop this corporation or something like that. And I could be totally wrong on this. This is just the way I got it. You're trying to like stop them. So they're fighting you. And then what they do is they'll just walk up on these dinosaurs and just start beating the crap out of them until they turn red and try to fight you. It's like, why isn't the dinosaur turning on them? Like, why? I'm trying to save you, bro. Like, you're coming at me. So then the story gets a little weird because now I'm also fighting dinosaurs. The point of the game is to stop these people from abusing dinosaurs, but in the process, I'm going to punch a few dinosaurs. I'm going to kick them around a little bit. And you got to kick them until they turn green again and walk away. Because everybody knows that if there's an animal that is very upset from getting beat and they attack you, beat them a little bit more and it's probably going to be okay because that's exactly what this game is. A couple of the levels, you just drive a Cadillac straight through the level and you just run over a whole bunch of animals and people. So uh, they're doing fun things back in the day. Fun things with the arcade games that they're probably not doing today. And I don't know. I mean, it's just usually whenever I see an arcade game now, it's pretty simple. Uh, this was <laughs> this was out there. I wish I could have been sitting in on that meeting, you know, where the guy, like, it's a pitch meeting, and I have a feeling that, like, Brad had probably been late to work for, like, a week or something. He's got a lot of problems at home. There's things going on. He's struggling with alcoholism, which is sad, and, it, 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 you know, that's just, like, it's it's a hard thing for him to get through, and his, his family is, like, you know, they're trying to support him. They're trying to be there for him. But at the same time, it's causing some issues at home. So now he's having to deal with that. And he feels guilty about leaving the house to go into work at a video game company. But he loves video games so much. It's his life. And he really wants to be there for them. So it's just like this vicious cycle that Brad is in. And he goes in one day and he sits down. And they're just like, all right, Brad, it's your turn. What do you got for us? Brad completely forgot. He was up until like 3 o'clock in the morning trying to work things out with Yvette. You know, he's trying to work things out with her. He's trying to tell her like how much he loves and he's 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 stopping drinking like he's done with it he's not gonna drink anymore for her and it's been a few weeks since he's even had a drink and that's the great thing like brad's doing really good i'm proud of him a lot of people are proud of him but it's doing this thing where he's like you know he's not focused and stuff and it's kind of making things a little rough on him so all of a sudden now brad is put on the spot because he was so tired and everything and his boss is just like brad it's your turn what do you got for us and brad starts looking around you know and he's just like well i I had this idea. Um, it's a. It's about. Um, well, you guys. You, you guys know dinosaurs, right? You guys know dinosaurs. Well, we like them. You know, kids love dinosaurs. That's the first thing you guys got to understand is kids love dinosaurs. Who doesn't, really? Dinosaurs are fantastic. We love dinosaurs. And his boss is like, yeah, Brad, we get it. Like, we all like dinosaurs, but but we have dinosaur games. What are you, what are you getting at? What's going to be new about your game? Well, most dinosaur games, hear me out, most dinosaur games, they take place in the past, right? Because dinosaurs lived in the past. But check this out, guys. This game is in the future. That's right. It's in the future. Okay, okay. Well, that's interesting, Brad. So uh, what do you mean, though? Like, what what happens? What do you do with the dinosaurs? So you're killing the dinosaurs? No, 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 no. We like the dinosaurs. We like them, guys. We don't want to kill the dinosaurs. Kids love dinosaurs. Why would we want to kill them? Why would, we're not going to kill the thing that somebody loves. What if there's a corporation that's, like, being mean to these dinosaurs, right? And they're like making them do things for them and they're selling them and stuff like that. So it's like this corporation is like bad, right? Uh, and we want to stop them. Okay. All right. I got you, Brad. I, I'm with you a little bit. So like, what do you, what do you do? Like, what's, the, what's the hook? 
Well, you got you guys like Cadillacs? Oh, well, we all drive Cadillacs. I mean, you know, we're rich. Well, Cadillacs is how you're going to enter into the screen every time. You drive in on a Cadillac, and then you're going to fight these dinosaurs. Well, I thought you just said that we weren't going to fight the dinosaurs. Well, we, but that's the, the guys, the other guys make the dinosaurs turn on us, and they're going to be bad. And then we got to fight the dinosaurs. So that's the, I feel like that was probably the pitch meeting. I feel like that's probably what happened with, with dino, Cadillacs and dinosaurs. It was a fun game. It was Brad was right. That was a fun game, and then I beat uh, Sunset Riders, and I this is this was the, probably my funnest one because I've never played the game before. I've seen it a bunch. It's very, um, it's like a very well known arcade game, but I never got a chance to play it. And Holden decided he wanted to play a game with me. Me and Holden sat down and we played through Sunset Riders. That was the first time he'd actually like beat a game from beginning to end like that, and we did it together, and it was a nice little father son moment. I really enjoyed it. So, yeah. Well, I think that's uh, that's it for this. I think uh, I think we've done good. I think this has been a good solo episode. Hopefully, I know I talk like way faster when she is not here, but it's because I I don't have her to shut me down. So now I'm just gonna go crazy with it. So thank you very much for being here. Uh, real quick, I want to thank my Patreon supporters. Thank you so much for everything that you guys do. Uh, I didn't pull up the names, so I'm just going to throw the names out. It's it's Rachel, it's Shan, it's Fawn, it's Lindsay, it is Veronica, it is Pam, it is Jared, uh, it's Danielle. Hopefully I didn't miss anybody. I'm just throwing, but you guys are family and I love you very much. So um, thank you for supporting us on Patreon. Thank you for helping us. Um, you know, just kind of like make the thing that we really like uh, a little bit easier for us to do and and uh, just helping the show stay on the right course. So thank you. If you want to help support us on Patreon, go to uh, patreon.com slash laugh and be blessed and you can support us there. Also, check us out on Facebook, Jake and Chia Rubles Blessed Ones. That is the group for the podcast and you can put in there like uh, suggestions for topic of the show. I love that. If you guys wanted to like suggest the topic of the show, talk about some video games that you really like, some arcade games you like, uh, movies that you like, books you're reading, stuff like that. Let's just get a conversation going in there. I love whenever I pop on Facebook and I see there's like a whole conversation going on between people that only know each other because of the podcast. It's awesome. It's awesome to like have all these blessed ones together. I dig it. I dig it, emo- I dig it the most, you know? Uh, isn't that a thing? I don't know. I love you guys very much. Thank you. And as always, laugh and be blessed.